Check, check. Mic check. This is the Fly Moto 60 Show. Presented by Maxxis Tires, Pro Taper, and Get Data. On PulpMX.com. Taking your calls and looking ahead to the races. With your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome everybody to the Fly Racing Moto 60 Show. We're live. It's April 22nd, 11 a.m. Pacific. Let's take your calls. 702-586-7857. 702-586-PULP. Give us a call. Let's talk some Salt Lake City. The penultimate round is here. Penultimate? Yeah, penultimate. Round is here. Uh, two at Salt Lake City, and then it's a wrap, man. So we're back to 250 East Coast this coming uh, Saturday. And then uh, the showdown at the final round. For the East and the West titles, Cooper Webb, yeah, man, he just uh, pulled a uh, amazing ride. Thanks to Mark DeKenny, uh, and now that thing is 16 points, so I don't know how that's going to end uh, well for Kenny. I just don't know how Coop's going to possibly lose 16 points, but we'll talk to Jason Thomas about it. We'll talk to Justin Brayton about it as well. They're both coming on today, and uh, we are giving away a Fly Racing OGO backpack to a random caller so please give us a call if you want let's talk some supercross thanks to the folks at fly racing the 2021 line is deeper and better than ever before when you look at the the formula helmet with rion technology when you look at the uh all new light pant and the way that it was been redesigned and the way they dropped all the zippers the zone pro goggles a big push for those guys as well flyracing.com for more information go there and uh, read about it uh, go to your favorite dealer go to your favorite e-tailer Check out what the folks from Fly's got on. Justin Brayton wearing Fly, and he'll be on later as well. So thanks to the folks at FMF Vision. Uh, when you look at Savachi and Bogle, uh, Zach Osborne, he'll be back for the outdoors. Uh, Peters, Osby, Lopes, all using uh, FMF Vision. Grant Baylor as well. Josh Sheehan uh, on the X Games FMX end of things. Uh, FMF Vision, uh, please check it out. They're born from a desire to outperform and go faster. For nearly 50 years, FMF Racing has been leading in the pursuit of precision, power, and speed. Give him a follow on Instagram at FMF Vision. FMF Goggles, the choice of Zach Osborne. I want to thank the folks at Pro Taper as well. The micro line of bars doing very, very well for these guys. It's a great idea. It's a great invention. Uh, Star Racing Yamaha, Rockstar Husky, Chaparral Honda, all using Pro Taper products. Riders of all levels, from grassroots, local amateurs to world champions. Check out the complete product offering at your t- local Tucker, Howard Sports dealer, or favorite online retailer, or at ProTaper.com for more information. So thanks to those guys for coming on board. Uh, thanks to Get and Athena. Exciting things happening with Get. They got the RPM dashboard. You'll see that popping up on some U.S. teams' bikes very soon. You'll see that over in Europe as well when the MXGP guys start. Uh, they've got ignitions for four strokes, ignitions for two strokes. They got the whole Athena line. It's a sister company for them. If you want a deal from Get or Athena, email us using the contact form on pulpmex.com. We'll pass it on to Dan over there at Get and Athena and dial you guys in. So thanks for those guys for coming on board. And of course, Max's Tires. What more can you say about Max's tires? MXSTs used by 
Bellrod and Rod Bell, A-Ray, Jeremy Smith, Jordan Jarvis will be using them as well. So thanks to those guys uh, for coming on board. UTV tires, mountain bike tires, uh, lots of things going on with Max's tires. So if you haven't thought about uh, a tire for something, one of your vehicles, uh, UTV, dirt bike, mountain bike, light truck, uh, check out Maxis.com for more information on that, uh, and they can dial you in 702-586-7857. Uh, that's your phone call. Jason Thomas coming up. Justin Brayton coming up. Taking your calls, holding things down over there. He's in once again. He was in on Monday. He's back here on Thursday. It's it's a double double du- duty for him. The Tits Legendary Tits, what's up? It's a long work week. Oh, yeah. I hope yeah. you're all right. I oh, don't yeah. know. Are you, no, are you, I'll be fine. Are you going to complain to HR, or are you? Is this, uh, no, I'll just no? become disgruntled and keep it to myself. Perfect. Sounds good, man. Well, yep. thanks Thanks for coming in. Uh, let's get JT on the line. Jason Thomas from Fly Racing. And again, thank you to folks at Fly for making this happen. So remember when we left the 250 uh, East Series? Do you remember that? It was uh, Colt Nichols leading uh, by eight points over uh, Christian Craig. Uh, the Jet had been hot and cold. Uh, Jet had won one race, uh, won two races, actually. Um, so there's plenty to talk about when it comes to that coach. Schmoda's been well. Uh, Osby is fifth uh, in points, so that's pretty good. I uh, went mountain biking with him last weekend. Uh, so this was the class of the privateers. So lots lots to talk about when it comes to 250 uh, East Series. Uh, let's uh, get into that and more from Fly Racing and flyracing.com. It's Jason Thomas. What's up, JT? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Uh, how are you guys doing down there? We're good, man. Um, hey, so what? what is the – first of all, what's the track look like uh, here at Salt Lake? So the layout is almost identical to Indianapolis 3. Um, Indy 3 jump, was good, jump, right? Yeah, uh, it was okay. Uh, you know, it's, it's pretty straightforward, which I kind of expected. You know, we had three really uh, aggressive, outside-of-the-box, um, creative tracks. So I kind of expected us to, to get a little bit more traditional for uh, SLC 1. I, I haven't looked at SLC 2 yet. But uh, th- this first one is very much what you would think about just a standard Supercross track. And how's the weather? Should be perfect. Uh, right. 70 degrees. It'll be a little cloudy. But, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's going to rain. Um, so we should have a good race. Nice. Um, so 250 uh, East Series, let's start with that because that's, that's the one making its return. Uh, eight points up, uh, Colt Nichols. Uh, there's still a showdown to go, which could throw a big monkey wrench into this thing. But the Jet can get in between. And I don't know if, barring a complete disaster, the Jet could steal points from either guy here, but that's going to be a maximum of five. And there's eight to play with for Colt. So, yeah, I think I I like Colt's chances even going into a showdown to hold on to this thing. Um, What are you thinking? Yeah, I just, I like the way that Colt ended the series. You know, he really felt like he was starting to take charge a bit. And he he had kind of emerged, I I think, as the guy to beat. So it seems from social media that he's had a productive break. And, you know, if you remember back, and, and it's been a, a month or two, but there were really only three guys. You know, uh, most of them went out, and Oldenburg would, would fight in there when he could. But it really came down to three guys. And I even felt like Cole started to separate himself a bit. Um, Jet is so hit and miss, and we'll see what a healthy Jet can do because, remember, he, he was definitely not healthy uh, towards the end of that run. But, yeah, if uh, you know, I had to weigh money down and bet on it, I like Colt's chances here. Yeah, Sh- uh, Shimoda had gotten a couple of podiums, but he's not on that level. And other than yeah, that – Yeah, I'd forgotten about Shimoda. Right. But, yeah, it, it, those guys, it, even, even in the races where Shimoda would kind of get up there, they would be able to sort their way past him. 
Um, but it just, it really felt like a, a three race series towards the end there. Three man series. series. Yeah. yeah. I, I, um, it should be interesting to see. I feel like, uh, you're absolutely right with Nichols getting the momentum there. Um, he had caught Christian in, at the last Orlando, I think, and passed him. Um, if I remember right, it's been so long, but, mm-hmm. and, but either way, um, I feel like it, the, all the momentum has stopped and now they've been gone on off so long. They've been riding moto. I do feel like we're fresh again, and things can go either way. But even if Nichols has a crappy night, I th- I don't know how Craig could straight up beat the Jet. So I think the Jet can win. You know, I just I don't see how many how Craig's going to steal points. I just don't see that. Yeah, you know, we we make these uh, judgments per se, or, or we have these preconceived notions, and you know, it's been a big reset. So. I try to come into these things with an open mind because there has been so much time has passed. And, you know, for me, I really believe that Christian Craig's most important aspect of his entire racing uh, career is the mental side. You know, the talent's never been in question. Speed, ability, equipment, all those things are there. It's really just how does Christian approach these races? And if he was able to press the big reset button and start over and go back to where he was going into Houston – then maybe we're on to something. Uh, but, but I think that's what it's going to take. You know, the, the Christian Craig that was at the end of that series, I, I feel like he had just, you know, not like beaten down, but I, I feel like he had just kind of conceded a tiny bit to Colt, and Colt had really kind of grabbed, uh, you know, the series momentum. And it wasn't anything that I think Christian did wrong. I think Colt was just kind of taking over a bit. So I always like to see these reset buttons and see if guys can kind of clear their head and come into it the way they did to the first round of the series. The, looking ahead to the showdown, and we'll have a Moto 60 show next week to talk more about that, but I could totally see Jet sweeping these next two. Really? You yeah. Think so, huh? Yeah, I could, because the, the, the title guys are all going to be worried about that at the final round, right? We don't have any any other huge heavy hitter guys in there. Jet's going to take off, uh, and everyone else will fight for you know their titles and their, their spots after that. And I could see Jet coming in this weekend just you know loaded for bear. But he also can yeah. make a mistake on the slippery Salt Lake City stuff. Yeah, I think uh, I think this first weekend will be a little bit more up for grabs. Um, you know, I just think Colt's going to try to go out and win the race. I think he's going to try to get the start and stay out of trouble and go out and just get it done. Because, you know, when, when you have so few guys that can really compete, I think it takes a little bit of the pressure off as far as, I can't do anything stupid here. I think he can ride his own race because he knows he only has to deal with three or four guys anyway. And the other thing with Jed is, is I really believe that the Monster Star Yamahas are going to have a, a pretty sizable uh, power and torque advantage. And I think uh, Christian and Cole will be able to utilize that. Uh, we did see Sexton really rise to the occasion last year in, in Salt Lake and overcome that. Uh, but I, I think you're going to see those guys use the, the bike to their advantage. And I think the Honda's a better bike this year than it was at Geico. It seems that it would be, yeah. yeah. I mean, they were they were working hard to improve it last year, but both Hunter and Jet seem like they uh, they aren't as under underpowered as maybe they have been in the past. Uh, looking further back, Osby had a good series, fifth overall. I mean, he's behind those top guys, but fifth is, is great for Osby. It is good, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was looking over the points this morning, and that really yeah. surprised me. Uh, Oldenburg, seventh. Verizzi's a total rookie. Uh, KTM kid, eighth place for him. Thomas Doe, ninth. Uh, Grant Harlan, I think is he. I think he's hurt. Um, yeah, he is hurt. Yeah, right. But these are guys that were making making their names. 
yeah, you know, Logan Carnell, all these guys were getting into the top 10 regularly, uh, which is cool for them. You know, we, we had talked about that quite a bit. Uh, Jeremy Smith was another one. You know, I, I had made the point, you know, a couple months ago that these are races. Uh, I think it was at Indy where I really was kind of setting in. These are races these guys are going to remember forever. You know, th- these guys aren't making a ton of money racing, right? They're not going to be able to retire off of any earnings they make racing a motorcycle. So, you know, in 20 years when they're, you know, working in whatever career path they go down, they're going to remember that night and they're going to show their grandkids and, and family members and, and those people that were in attendance are never going to forget it. It's, it's going to be a lasting memory for them. So I think they should embrace it. You know, seasons don't come along like this all the time where we have the big string of injuries and, and it was COVID induced where the East got flipped over to the West, you know, and all these crazy things went on to allow for these crazy results. And if you're, if you're in the midst of that and you're one of these guys, so what, right? Go out, make the money, make the most of it, and end this series strong. Looks like we're going to have low entries, uh, 27 guys as of right now, and there's 22 in the main event. So, yeah, uh, you know, we may see a few guys show up, but, yeah, it's – Yeah, think about it. You know, if you're, if you're a guy that lives in North Carolina or New York or Florida, are you going to drive all the way to Utah for a round that you probably don't make – any money at the end of the day anyway with and, all the travel costs, and you're not going to you know? make the, the showdown you know the showdown right, stacks so right yeah, yeah. so no. that's no. a tough ask to drive you know let's say 60 hours round trip from the east coast for you know i guess to race one race and then try to qualify for the shootout which would be really difficult showdown i should say whatever um yeah. i uh yeah it, it'd be interesting to see i look people can talk about the low entries all they want I was at a race where there was 22 450 riders and everybody made the main event and yeah, so I like, was in that race. Right. So like I don't know. I feel like that's that's the lowest I've ever seen and so you can't really that shock me. That was awesome me. by the way. Right, right. Yeah. I uh, think it was uh Toronto 2010. Toronto. Yeah, it was amazing. Uh yeah, we'll get into this 450 talk here a little bit. Justin Brayton coming up here on the Fly Race and Moto 60 show, but for now let's get into some calls. We got a whole whack of people waiting to talk to uh Jason Thomas here. First up it's uh Taylor on 1. Taylor, what's up, man? You got a troll train question. Yeah, how's it going, guys? Good. Thanks for calling. Good. So I was curious what you thought about um, whether troll train is going to retire without ever moving up to the 450s, or is he going to be more like a Justin Brayton, Marty Davalos that extends his career into his like, mid to late 30s? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, he doesn't have to move up. He's only reached the limit like once or something, the points limit. If he wins the title... He has to move up uh, in 2022, but I, I don't know if that's going to happen. He's a pretty short guy. What do you think, JT? Do we see Troll Train? Like he's raced four for these Supercross before, but do we uh, do we see him? You know, it's interesting. I I love the uh, convenience of you pressing these other guys to move up all the time, but you've never really pushed Troll Train so much to have to move up. And and I love the he's he's the a separate. No, that. it's a separate separate issue with Troll Train. Totally separate. How so? Ah, I wouldn't have enough time to get into it, but it is. <laughs> oh, shocking. Okay. Um, no, I, I think he should give it a shot. I think, you know, he's he's a very talented rider. You know, it comes back to the same old thing for me, though, and this is what I've argued with you so many times about, Steve, is it comes down to opportunity. You know, are you going to – you know, and, and in the past, he's had, he's been on Monster Star Yamaha. He's been on JJR Suzuki. He's been on teams where he could make decent money. That seems to be more difficult for him now. So maybe this is the opportunity that he's going to have to take is to move up and give the 450 class a shot because, you know, that, that argument that I've always had where these guys have a nice ride, they have an opportunity to make a ton of money and win races, that doesn't seem to be there for him anymore. So maybe he just has to. 
Yeah, I'd be interested to see how much longer he wants to go. I, I don't. How old do you think figure Troll Train is? I don't, I don't even know. Maybe 30? 31, 32, yeah. I believe. Right, so he doesn't have a whole lot of time left. But, yeah, no, interesting yeah. question, Taylor, for sure. Thanks for calling, man. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good uh, Keep the Troll Train. Was he, like, at a parade or something? I don't know. Uh, Jared, what's up, man? Hey, how are you guys? Uh, first off, thanks for all you guys' content. Listen to everything and really appreciate Thank you. it. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for listening. Hey. Yeah, listen to all of it. So, hey, so I live just over the mountain from Salt Lake, uh, not too far from Flying Iron Horse Ranch. Okay, so, Last hey, was... let me ask you a question, Jared. Am oh, okay. I, so, oh, okay. I know about it. There's the snow and his mountain bike trail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, I, wow, so I stupidly didn't even think of the weather. Well, the weather's nice here in Vegas. So, I didn't think of the weather in Park City. So, when this schedule came up, I went and got a place in Park City because I went out there you know, yep. a ton when we were there in June. Yep. Yep. And so now I have people saying to me, I can't ride a whole bunch of trails in Park City. And I never thought of this when I booked this expensive Park City place. And now I'm regretting my life. Can I can I ride Park City or what? You can ride some of it. So I had about eight inches of snow at my house last week, but it's all melted. Um, so if the trails are below, say, 7,000 feet, you'll probably be able to ride. It's going to be muddy. But if you're above seven, maybe 7,500 feet. They're going to be snowy. But what? So, but I don't, I don't have like a uh, an altimeter. Is that what they call for elevation? What do they call <laughs> that thing that measure? I, how do I know? Uh, well, so Park City is going to be like Park City proper is going to be at somewhere in that six to seven thousand feet range. So if you're below Park City, you're going to be okay. If you're like Park City and above, oh it's my god, be a what, a disa- what a disaster this says. I, I didn't need to spend that kind of money to not to ride a bunch uh, of muddy trails. Everything yeah, about it, your this this. Uh, Airbnb that you've done has blown up in your face so far. From yeah, who was going and <laughs> yeah, when. no, yeah, that's another thing too. I should tell the <laughs> listeners too. Like originally, Pookie's like, yeah, let's go. We'll I'll go to both races. We'll go early. We'll hang out. We'll you know we'll ride together, mountain bikes. Uh, we'll hike. We'll stay in Park City the whole week. And then she had to work and rearrange her schedule. She's not coming out till next Thursday. I'm by myself until then. Uh, I've asked a couple guys to stay with me. They can't. And now the trails are muddy. And now I can't ride, and I'm spending all this money. And, and Jared, this this my life is terrible. I'm I'm very very regretting this. I'll hit you up if I can figure something out for you to do. Uh, there's it's it's kind of an in between time right now. So, um, but I'll see what I can figure out for you. Okay, thank but, you. But my, my my question is, so I took my boys over and we watched the guys practice at Flying Iron Horse a bunch of times. Yeah, that's, how know, cool was that place? Here forever. How cool? Oh was man, that place is it's, an, it's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing place. Uh, it's am- I, the outdoor track looked um, better than the Supercross thing. Yeah, the outdoor track yeah, looked amazing. No, the the outdoor and track I, is where it's at. Yeah. And yeah. I think they've been working on the outdoor track a little bit, too, um, the, the last little while. But my, my question is, is with this week, with there being a full week between and only two races here, do you think guys are going to stick around and go practice over there, especially with outdoors coming and it's kind of a hybrid even if they do the Supercross hybrid? I th- well, I think or do you think everybody's just going home and coming back? Yeah, I think most guys are going home and coming back. Um, uh, I, I think you got – I mean, you got to kind of know – the Iron Horse guys to get in there, right? You just don't everybody no, can show I, up. It's, right? So it's it's right off the freeway, and I just, no, I know, I but can you just show and up watch. and ride? Uh, no, but you can watch, right? Right, right, no, right. Nobody can. It's it's private, and the city, no, that's the, what I'm saying. You won't let people. You're asking if riders are going to ride there. Well, I think you got to kind of have an in to go ride there, you know, and you know. So even if the guys that are staying, I don't know if they can just show up and ride, like you said, they can't. So, uh, but honestly, everybody I talked to outside of Cade Clayson uh, is going back. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, that's really what I was wondering. Races, guys are going home, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cade's staying all week. I don't know, probably A Ray, because Swap Moto's staying all week, so then A Ray mm-hmm. will stay all week, so he can cuddle him. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think most guys aren't going, and even if the privateer guys are staying, I don't think they know anybody to ride that 
flying iron thing anyways. Yeah, so I, I think Spencer, the the kid of the owner, he's he's pretty good about letting guys, you know, last year he was at least, a lot of guys yeah. were able to get well, in just contacting him. So just uh, curious. If I yeah, no, I don't think you're going to have much luck with as far as the top guys. They're all going home. But uh, okay. uh, but you, you could see some privateers around, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, if I come up with something for you to ride around here, I'll uh, I'll let you know. So yeah, like like, can I ride mid mountain? You think, or is that too high? Um, it it's probably borderline. Oh, uh, God damn, yeah. Jared. All yeah, right, I know it's it's and and the honest truth is we had a terrible snow year here, and so we're really low on snow in general. But it's still. You know, it's still mid-April, so right. snow's melting. I should have. Fast I sh- you know what? I'm going to be going. Corner Canyon will be good, right? It could be. Right. So I'm going to be driving yeah, from Park Canyon City. Will be. I'll be driving 40 minutes from Park City to Corner Canyon to go ride. And I will just yeah. hate my life. So. Yep. All right. Thanks. Yep. yep. Appreciate it. What a disaster. Uh, Braden, what's up, man? How are you? Braden. Hey, Steve and uh, JT. Just a, a couple general comments on on the series. Um, you know, when I look back a year ago and I look look at today, and what Feld has done and the Supercross series in general, uh, hats off to them. Um, you know, it's it's incredible what they put on. You know, I just listened to your your Scott Taylor interview and listening to to the history of of pace and the, the whole history of, of Supercross. So to think the risk that those bastards you know, took on with this COVID-19 quagmire, I, I'm just shocked. And, and the other thing I like about the Scott Taylor interview near the end when Gary, he, Gary Becker. he mentioned... It's Gary Becker. I'm sorry, Gary Becker. Yeah, you're right. Gary Becker, don't count other people's money. Right. Yeah. Which is, yeah. Which, which is, re, which is real. Sp- <laughs> so, spoken like a true uh, uh, promoter, right? Right? Um, a- absolutely. But, yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I agree. You got to give Feld uh, props for doing this. But on the other hand... I don't believe they're losing any money. They're probably not making any real money, right? But I don't think there would be a series if they were going to lose money. Um, all the all the things they've been doing indicate, you know, that they're trying to save money. And, and I get it. And, I, again, I'm not criticizing them. We're in a pandemic times, all of that stuff. But you saw the way they reacted when COVID first hit by laying off all those people. Like, they're obviously right. a very uh, profit-driven company, and that's fine. So is Pulp MX. But I'm just – you know, I'm I'm sure they're still making money, but either way, they deserve props for doing it. I'm just like, let's you know, let's calm down on the uh, losing money thing. To me, in my opinion, yeah, yeah, I, I get you. And right. now that brings up another point. the The other point is the the Atlanta races. You know, these these longer, wider um, track. Uh, you know, I don't know what you call those. Uh, you know, the Daytona Speedway, yeah, and now Speedway the Atlanta tracks. Speedway, Speedway. Yeah. It's fantastic. Ten out of ten. Now I get it. I, I you know, I, I've heard JT talk about the the, the, uh, the, the lack vibe. Of the vibe. But the vibe. I, I get it. But from a fan that's that's watching most of my races from the from the TV set, um, and I've been doing it for a long time. I'm in my mid fifties. I love it. I think it's fantastic. It's 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 um, you know, it's free dirt. You know, the best way to make money is to save money. Yeah. So hats off to them. It's it's something new and different, mm-hmm. um, you know. It's I, I, ten out of ten. Those races in Atlanta, oh. I didn't even think about the the, the fans. Right. I didn't think about the stadium. I watched the races. Ten out of ten. I love it. Well, there Keep we go, up. JT. More, ten, more, more, more ten out of ten. <laughs> that's that's great. I, I know he's not thinking about the fans or anything, but they got to make money for this. They they will they will absolutely not go racing if they don't make money long term. 
So it, it has to be but, profitable yeah, to go racing. But we like, don't that, know. That's what it comes in. But we don't. That's we can't look at those speedway races and be like, oh, they don't draw fans. We can't say but that. I'm. Did you you looked at the fans on Saturday and Tuesday, right? The first Saturday and the first Tuesday. Well, yeah, but okay. First Saturday was weather induced, and Tuesday was a mid race, okay. and it's. Well, and I've been I've been to. I've been to local races that had more people than that. Stop the first, it. The first two. Stop I'm it. No, you. that is not true. That, that is, is true. That is You barely go to the pits. I was there all day. It, the, the, it, the here's here's another thought. Here's another thought. Go ahead, Braden. Another thought. Another thought for you guys. So as, as a builder, a general contractor who makes his money building shit, when it comes to a construction site, a large-scale construction site, one of the most expensive components on that site is dirt. When you get the dirt for free and all you got to pay for is placing it in the stadium, that they've got to save a shit ton of money. Plus, oh, yeah, we don't know that. They're, 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 not, yeah, no, plus, plus, we agree with that. Plus, yeah. plus, plus they've got three races that they can spread the cost of, of, of that. Yeah, I, yeah. I know they got to tweak the, the, the so So, okay – there's definitely an offset of that free dirt versus lack of, of, of fan um, uh, ticket sales. JT, in your opinion, in 2022, will we see more than one Daytona Speedway race? Uh, I do think it. I do think it has a place in, in the sport for sure. But if you're asking me if I think that doing three rounds over the course of a week versus doing three specific rounds, like going to like. Arlington, Glendale, and Anaheim, mm-hmm. which are the most profitable. I would say going to the other three cities that are spread out, and you're getting, you know, anywhere from thirty to forty-eight to fifty thousand. You know, add that up. You know, you're a hundred thousand people easy. Maybe one hundred twenty-five thousand spectators at those races. I think to me that is a much well, you, more profitable. Enterprise. Well, you just cherry picked three of the more successful okay, ones, well, but you know, let's let's let's. What do you let's, not think is good? Take one that's not good. St. Louis. Where, okay, you have twenty-five thousand. But what do you think was in Atlanta? I mean, there was there was seven thousand people there. I would bet five to seven thousand people. On the on Tuesday, I would bet there was yeah three I'm, to four thousand. Okay, well, we're off a few thousand, but we're in the same ballpark. So local yeah. races. I, I'm not sure if you're talking about local races here, but I, I don't know. Uh, listen, Braden, what about uh, Tuesday races? Would you think would you have those back on? Absolutely, absolutely, love it. All right. Love it. Thanks for the call, I, I man. It, I love it. Love it all. Thank, Thank you, guys. Take Appreciate care. it. Thank you. It'll be interesting. JT, you don't agree with me on the Tuesday race thing. I think we see some Tuesdays in there. Uh, we'll have to see. It'll be really interesting. And I think we'll be back at a speedway. I really do. Um, yeah. The only thing I would add there is that, you know, there is there's, – so there's an argument basically saying, okay, well, it doesn't – you know, it's so much cheaper to run this Tuesday race because everything's in the stadium mm-hmm. and all this stuff. Yep. But when you do that, you're sacrificing a profitable round. It's not like they're just trying to run them to get them done. Like the goal oh. of these rounds is to make money. No, you know I think there'll I mean? be addition to 17. Yeah, I think we'll have throw a Tuesday in yeah. there and to add on right. to 17. I don't think yeah. we're going over 17. I don't think right. there's any appetite to do that. Um, and I, and I, that's, that's where I really my biggest argument comes in is if your sole goal is just to get races in and not lose money, Sure. Yeah, let's do speedway rounds. Those are cheaper. No problem. But if your goal is to be as profitable as possible and put on the best product, put the best product out there where you're going to attract sponsorship dollars, which a big part of that is having fans, right? Speaking from my day job, we want fans there. That's why we're spending money. That's why we're going there is to get that. And if we don't get that, it makes life much harder for us. So there, there are a lot more 
things politically there than just, well, they save money so they don't have to have as many fans, right? Well, all your sponsors, Monster, WPS, all these people, they're going to look at it and say, well, we're not really getting anybody here. Why are we spending all this money to send trucks and drivers and these massive containers and hospitality areas and all these things if no one's really coming? That makes it really challenging. Fly Racing Moto 60 Show presented by Get Maxis FMF Vision Pro Taper. We've got a few more questions. Uh, got Brandon on four. Brandon, what's up, man? What's your question for Jason Thomas? Uh, hey, so I was watching uh, some older bar to bars from like 2013, and I was also, you know, watching these Atlanta races. And uh, you had mentioned previously that they kind of standardize all these distances between the jumps right. in uh, the stadiums. And I noticed, like in Atlanta, there was a lot more. Uh, for example, like the bikes would be unsettled on the jumps when they, like if they were under or over, like you know, when Jason Anderson over jumped that, there was actually a punishment where. Like, you know, he couldn't triple the next piece. And you don't really see that a lot in these stadium venues. And then also, when you're watching the bar-to-bar, they're really peaky jumps. Like, they're throwing the bikes a lot more, like, vertical in the air and not so much like a straight line across the stadium. And so then when they were landing, they were unsettling the bike. And so I was just curious what your thoughts were. If, like, if that unsettling the bike would raise the lap times and also create like more separation between the people and make it more skilled instead of them all being able to do the exact same thing I, right away. I get what you're saying. I don't know about 2013. You know, I'll go further back to the two-stroke era and say that there was peakier jumps and bigger jumps. They, use, I, I firmly believe we had more dirt. They would use more dirt. They've cut back on that. Uh, my buddy Clinton pulled the stats. We have, we've had more sub-50 second lap times the last two years than the previous four combined or something like that. Um, so we've had way more sub 50 second lap times. And in my opinion, why is that? It's the lack of dirt. It's the lack of obstacles and all of that. So I think that that is where we're seeing these lap times and what we're getting now. JT, do you think there's anything to that as far as the bike being unsettled and the jumps being peakier in, in 13? Uh, I don't know if I would go necessarily 2013, but I think over the years we've definitely seen jumps become faster. And, and really all that is is shorter and flattened, more flat of an angle for the, for the trajectories of the takeoff. And you could look at the triple faces. You could look at rhythm sections. Uh, you can look at r- virtually all, all sections of the track. Uh, the, the whoops in most cases would be that same way too, uh, where the track's just overall it's faster. Got, you know, we don't have a way to really gauge it, but I would I would guess that the overall, you know, speed miles per hour wise is, is significantly faster all the way around the track than it was, you yep. know, fifteen years ago. Forget about twenty years ago. Yeah, yeah. That's not even a question in right. my opinion. But um, even fifteen years ago on the four strokes, yeah, I would bet it's a lot faster. Four strokes, oh five, oh six, generally speaking, is when they're everyone's on four strokes. Those are the yep. years yep. everybody's on four strokes. And so that's fifteen years ago and I would I would agree with you. Also, technology has gotten better. EFI. Sure. Uh, these guys yep. are watching video now, uh, Brandon. Traction so control has improved yeah. significantly. Bra- so they're they're knowing. So yeah, well, they, the only one. Sorry. They got the exact. They know exactly which jumps is, combo is the fastest, how to stay the lowest. You know all of that stuff. So it's all. So the only. Yeah. The only other thing I wanted to say is like with those peaky jumps, if they tried to go really fast across them, it's going to throw them in the air and be a slower lap time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Versus like where they're, you know, like more launching themselves forward. Now, the faster they go, the faster they can go through the track. Mm-hmm. And so if they, if they throw themselves in the air, then it's like, oh, okay, I have to either. Anyway, yep. have to like got more it. Time no, it for sure. Thanks for oh, the anyway, call, man. Sure. Nope. Thank Is you. Are saying the guys are riding differently? 
Uh, no, no. They're just the taller oh, jumps yeah. are sending them higher, so they have to. Oh know, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Right. That's that's for sure. Uh, Jason, you got a Justin Barsha question? Yeah. So I mean, I've held off a little bit. I wanted to wait. I mean, we got two rounds to go, but is he just a guy who wins the first round? I know we all thought this would be different on the gas gas, and I think he's been more consistent, but it's strange. It is it, three years in a row to win the first round is is pretty remarkable. Uh, he's got two other podiums, three other podiums, so four total podiums on the year. He's got more points he did on a Yamaha, just because his Salt Lake City last year on the Yamahas were so bad. But I think he's kind of the same guy. Uh, obviously, the Salt Lakes were terrible, JT, for for him and the Yamaha. But and I don't think he'll be anywhere near. I think he'll just be the same old these next two races. But uh, I I don't see a whole lot of difference, JT. You. Yeah, I think it'll be the same. And I think it really just is a bit cyclical for some of these guys. Uh, I think some guys just come into the season better than others, right? They don't take as long to kind of fall into the rhythm of the season. They can come out and be their best self without really any practice racing or having to find their groove or do anything. You know, and we've, if you go back historically, you know, Eli Tomac is kind of always sucked in January, almost always, right? And, and then – in his better years this year, kind of notwithstanding, but he's gotten better and better and better. And I think guys just improve throughout the season. You could make the same case for Ken Roxon. He usually starts the series very, very well and has a very difficult time sustaining that elite level as the series rolls on. So I think it's just different personalities and how guys are built. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I think, I think I'm, I'm with you. It's, it's, it's weird to see him win three openers, and I feel like it's been – kind of the same ups and downs for him some really good rides some rides so 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 um thanks jason yeah, no, I, yeah. I, thank you guys take right. care thanks uh tire question from tiller tiller what's up man you got a tire question yeah i was just thinking um i've been thinking about it for a while but when i was listening to your interview with bowers and he was talking about you know those tires that he's riding on the hoosiers and yeah. they were working on developing those yeah um, and you know, when you watch MotoGP, obviously it's a different scenario with traction and then the like the spec tire or spec providers and whatnot. Yep. Spec tires they provide, but why don't we talk more about tires? You know, we talked about the brands that these guys are on, but it doesn't seem like are they just all so close that really the tread pattern so close enough that it really only matters when we just have a scoop on it when the yeah. fans involved. Like I just don't feel like they talk about tires enough. Uh, well, JT watches that other street bike racing series where tires are so so important, but um. I mean, yeah, we talked about that Pirelli scoop. You know, the guys who had it at JGR and other places, they loved it, right? And their starts showed. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's exactly it, right? Uh, 80% of the field uses Dunlop and maybe higher in our in our series. And, I, yeah, I don't feel like there's a whole difference there, JT. Yeah, I mean, there are some, some unique challenges to it. You know, I think uh, certain tires have certain strengths over the others in certain uh, conditions. You know, I know – for years, Pirelli's biggest focus was trying to improve their tire in hard pack conditions, especially Supercross. You know, it, for me, having raced on those tires, if you put it any sort of traction or loamy soft conditions, front and rear, I'll put a Pirelli up against anything and feel confident that it's the best on the track. So each tire, you know, I think each tire brand has their own personality and what they have really spent the most time doing R&D on. But the one other aspect of it, and it's much more relevant in, in MotoGP or road racing, is that each bike kind of works differently with tires, too. Um, you know, I, I've seen guys love a tire, and then they switch. Like, they'll switch. Uh, the, like, okay, let's say they use a Dunlop, right? The, the Dunlop sponsors a particular team. They switch from a Kawasaki to a Honda. 
and the tire that they felt really comfortable on the prior season, they don't necessarily like that tire anymore because the bike is so much different, right? It corners differently. Uh, maybe the power comes on differently. So there, there are some nuances there. But, you know, the, the difference, I think, between our sport and MotoGP is where everybody's on the same tire. You can really, you know, get people to open up about what's going on because it's not proprietary, right, where Dunlop's not going to come out and tell you all the things they're doing behind the scenes and all the, the compounds and everything that's going on, nor is Pirelli, nor is Michelin, nor is Hoosier, nor is anybody. Um, because all that stuff, why, why are they going to give away trade secrets where in MotoGP with one spec tire, they're pretty forthcoming because they're the only one building MotoGP tires, and why would it matter? Yeah, I don't feel like, and you know, yeah, in our sport, the lines change, the dirt consistency changes, right? Uh, there's so many changes on a dirt bike track or a supercross track from lap to lap sometimes that, like, you know, you I don't know if you can always blame the tire, right? Uh, I don't know. I see it. Um, I don't see it as being as important tiller in our sport. There's a lot of personal preference but, in tires too. Yeah, you know, um, um, some guys, some guys yeah, really want sense. to start no matter what, yep. and they will sacrifice everything else to make sure that they have the most aggressive tire pattern for the start. Uh, good question, though, Tiller. Uh, we're going to give you a fly race and OGO backpack. You want it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That'd be awesome. I appreciate it very much. All right, much. stay on hold. We'll get your information. Thanks for calling in. Thank you. Thanks, guys. All right. Uh, all right. That's uh, Welcome to the show, uh, Fly Racing Zone, uh, Muckoff Honda, Justin Brayton. What's up, JB? Not much, man. How's it going? We're good. I'm going to let JT go here before, but before we do, I want to ask your questions on a couple of things that we were debating a caller with earlier on here. Um, yeah. Speedway races and Tuesday races, do you think we see them in the future in Supercross series? Do you, do you, do you one or the other or both? or what, What's your thoughts on that? Uh, my first thought is I definitely think we see Speedway races. Uh, the extent of that, I'm not sure whether that is on a Tuesday or a Saturday, but I definitely think there's a place for it. Mm-hmm. Um, not as much as... You know, there has been some talk of like, oh, let's do all, all speedway races right. or most speedway races. I don't think it's going to go that far, and right. I, I hope it doesn't go that far. But, yeah, if we did a Daytona in Atlanta and maybe another one, like a Charlotte or something, I okay. think that would be great. Right. Um, okay. Or maybe a Saturday, Tuesday Atlanta. But I, I hope it doesn't continue to go just the speedway route. I'm, You know, we've got this big – debate going about vibe which i i side with jt on that i just man the vibe from atlanta motor speedway compared to mercedes-benz dome is just it, it's not even comparable so i do think there's a place for it i hope it doesn't go all the way that way but right. um I, I, right. I personally like the stadium so and do you think we see a tuesday race in the future or wednesday or That's whatever potentially like it, yeah, yeah I, I think maybe like a saturday tuesday just in atlanta you know, or something like that, or, okay. or Saturday, Tuesday in the same city. I, I do think maybe we see that, sure. uh, which I think would be cool. These three races in the same spot yeah, does get a little bit tough. <laughs> I, I don't know how much we see that in the future, but right. I wouldn't mind like a, a Saturday and a Tuesday in the same venue. I think that'd be cool. Right, and maybe Supercross Futures on Sunday, Monday or something, you know, something like that, um, and then they work the track. Yeah, Monday. all kinds um, of stuff they could throw in there. They could throw in uh, your favorite monster truck uh, oh, driver out there Steve, yeah, yeah, on we a could, Sunday. You we know? could do that too, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens in the future for sure. Uh, JT, thanks for the time, man. Appreciate it. Okay, guys. See you. Right, see you. That's Jason Thomas, everybody. Justin, Justin Brayton on the line, Fly Racing Zone, Muckoff Honda, of course, rider, injured right now. But uh, uh, let's talk a little bit about um, 
uh, race day live for you. So you did a bunch of them in Atlanta. You're coming out to Salt Lake. You're doing it in Salt Lake. Uh, how do you like the experience? What, how, what do you, what's your thoughts on doing it? You're, you're good at it, by the way. I don't really want to you know, pump your, pump your uh, tires too much here, but you, you're pretty good at it. I'm really enjoying it. You know, uh, in Orlando, it goes all the way back to that race when I got hurt and they said, hey, come up and do race day live. And, and I did and I enjoyed it. It got some great feedback. And then, yeah, I was at the races, um, and they just happened to say, hey, let, you know, come up and do it again. And then I think I did four or five of them in a row and just really enjoyed it. I didn't know until I did them that really how much I did enjoy it. And, you know, I've said uh, publicly now the, the best thing other than riding is really sitting up right. up in the press box talking about it, you know. And, and uh, it does come pretty easy to me just because I'm so fresh out of the game. I mean, not long ago, right. I was on the podium in the 450 class, you know, so I yeah, kind of, yeah. I can re- really relate to guys out there and then also how the track is breaking down with, with these 450 bikes or 250 bikes. I am friends with a lot of guys, so there is some inside knowledge that I may know about. And yeah, so I'm enjoying it. This right. weekend's going to be interesting. Obviously, Daniel Blair's going in the booth. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to take his kind of position for Race Day Live, host the whole show with Dan Hubbard. And I'm excited about a cool opportunity. And, uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it. We'll just take it day by day and see if anything comes of it. Yeah, that's awesome, man. No, it's it's kind of cool. It's it, You know, I mean, yeah, you've, you've literally raced these guys. You were on the podium this year. So, you know, I also like I, I don't think you're afraid to put your opinion out there. You're not afraid. You know, you do it in a good way. I could probably learn from you the way that I give my opinion out. But I like that, <laughs> like, you know, you've been there, done that, and this is your opinion. You're not saying it's the, uh, the gospel, but here's your opinion. And I like that. I, I want to hear that, you know, so. Yeah, and most of my opinions are exactly what I would say to that rider's face. And right. because that's what I believe at that time, or that is my opinion, it's nothing like you obviously can't hide behind, a, you know, a show and then expect not to get some backlash or not to get right. challenged on your opinion, which I'm totally fine with that. It's, you know, and I think that's your opinion sometimes too, is look, I, this is my opinion and I would say it to the guy's face. Even if the guy's listening yeah. to your show, yeah. you're okay with that because that's what you believe. But also, I'm never going to speculate so much. I'm just going to say my opinion on maybe what I've experienced. So maybe that guy is experiencing that same thing. Right. I don't know for sure, but this is what I would be thinking in that situation. So yeah. definitely not scared to throw it out there. Right. Because like I said, I, w- I would say it to that rider's face or that team's face. So. Yeah, no, absolutely, right? Uh, by the way, thanks for taking me out on mountain bike rides. Those are those epic. It's great. I was telling Pookie about them the other day. Good, some good... Some good mountain biking in Charlotte, must be. Yeah, yeah, it's really good out there, I'll tell you that. I, I, I was a fan. Uh, 702-586-7857. You got a question for Justin Brayton, give us a call. Fly Race and Moto 60 Show. Also presented by the folks at FMF Vision, Pro Taper, Maxis, and Get and Athena. Um, were you at club the other day with the, with the Phil Osborne battle? Did you? Were you out there for I that? I was, yeah. Oh, and so. Yes, I, I was, and uh, it was. It got interesting. It got interesting. We had to check on Phil afterwards. We oh. went over and checked on him. So <laughs> I think he was doing all right. Um, so, yeah, so Osborne ate him up, just ate him up and got him? I mean, pretty much. Uh-huh. But I will say the first day with that we weren't there, they said Phil was on the same level. Well, the day that I watched him, the moto, I watched him. Osborne got the whole shot, and he he rode like – He's the motocross champ. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, poor Phil. Yeah. Um, 
Hey, so last year at Salt Lake, we uh, and I and I hate to, I'm not going to toot my own horn here, but I, I really did call this. I just said, look, Tomac's going to have a huge advantage. That dirt, that altitude, he is going to love it, right? And he's going to win this thing because I think they, you know, he came into it three up on Kenny, right? Do you think he has the same kind of advantage with these two, and we see a Tomac sweep again? Do you, yeah. Coop's going to be worried about the title, right? Uh, Tomax better than those guys with the altitude and the dirt, and and he sweeps them. Do, do, am I on the? Am I thinking the same, or do you think you see something different? No, I don't think he sweeps. I think I see a little bit of something different. Okay, mainly just for the fact of I don't know if his motivation level is near as high as last year's. And sure. that's it's not saying that he's not motivated. Right. But look, he's he's basically out of the championship. We all know that. I think he would admit that. Mm-hmm. So the motivation level to go win or sweep those isn't really at an all-time high. Like, he came into him last year knowing, like, this is my chance. It's perfect scenario for me. The dirt, the altitude, all of it just added up to where he needed to go get that title, and he did. Now I just – I honestly see – I think we're going to have a new winner out of one of them, okay. one or the other. Yep. I think – I personally believe that Kenny goes and wins the first one. Okay. I obviously haven't seen the track, but I think he does just because he's, he's backed up in a corner and – there's not there's not a, a high probability that he wins this title. But if he goes and wins the first race, potentially there is. But I see Anderson winning one of them. Right. I, I really don't yeah. I, I really don't see and maybe Tom man, there's so many storylines, but I do see Anderson winning one of them. You know, we easily forget that he had the last race of last year won yeah. until a seat fell off. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I just think the conditions, you know, we talk about Tomac favoring these conditions. Jason's really not yep. far behind him as far as altitude, and, and um, mm-hmm. we know he struggles a little bit in the altitude, but he also built himself a track in New Mexico last year at altitude, and he loves these types of uh, this type of dirt, kind of slippery and and, um, and dry. So, yep, I don't know. I don't I don't see Tomac winning both of them. Maybe he wins one, but I right. I do see Anderson winning one of them as well. Okay, I thought you were going Sexton route. Now you, you threw a little. I mean, Anderson's a great pick too. He's been really good the last few weeks. Uh, so yeah, Anderson's not far, but I thought you were going Sexton a little bit. So, um, either one, we'll, you know, we'll, Sexton's yeah. right there too. Yeah. Like I just, you know, and the cool thing about it is, you know, we're quick to write off Ken for the championship, but if he truly does win, we're not just making that up that there could be a Sexton, a Anderson, a Tomac, a Plessinger in between them, sure, in between Webb and, and Roxon. that really could happen. So Sexton's obviously riding gray. I don't know. I just see Jason in a contract year. You know, he's going to the contract table, that negotiating table, with so much more leverage if he wins one of these. Otherwise, it's like, man, Jason, you haven't won since 2018, blah, blah, blah. Well, if he wins one of these, you know, Steve, it's that could be worth, you know, an extra an extra couple hundred thousand at the at the contract table. Yeah. So, yep. No, absolutely. We'll Where Sexton's got a deal, he's motivated, but. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Just say that. I wouldn't be surprised if Chase wins one. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, he's uh, Anderson is uh, 40, 44 points down on Barsha in fourth, and he had one really bad race, and he missed a race, right? Uh, so he's not far off from being yeah. fourth in the points overall, which would be a, a, a successful season, you know, for a guy. So, yeah. Um, yeah. All right, let's get to some phone calls here. First up, it's Justin on four. Justin, what's your question for Justin Brayton? Uh, well, first of all, I wanted to ask real quick, just that listening real quick, uh, when's the last time we actually saw a really good, healthy-on-healthy healthy Cooper and Anderson battle? 
I can't really remember one off the top of my head, you know, since he brings it up. Mm, so that would definitely yep. be something I'd like to see. Right. Um, but then on top of that, with Cooper being so mentally strong and tough, it seems like he just wears guys down. Uh, on my Is Adam Cincerillo and also Plessinger two guys that grew up and rode with him, two people that you guys think that would probably be the next in line or kind of pass the torch, if you will, to really kind of put it to him and, and kind of turn the table, turn uh, the tide a little bit? I don't know. Adam, I mean, uh, AC, you know, I'm a big fan. I like the kid. He's awesome, dude. But, he's, he, you know, he hasn't even won one race yet. Um, he's got to break through that. He's got to stay healthy. He's got to win a race, you know. So I don't, I'm not ready even to see that uh, for AC. Myself, Brayton, what do you think? Yeah, I think out of those two guys, AC would be the likely candidate to really, really face him, you know, square off in a championship battle. But like you said, Steve, you got to crawl before you can walk. And I think you got to put Chase Sexton in that, you know, over the next, let's just say the next two or three years. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, however long Cooper wants to stay in there, I do think there's going to be a changing of the guard in the next, say, two, three, four years with potentially Eli and Ken. And there's, you know, Anderson, there's several of them that that might be done. Right. I think next in line could be Sexton or or AC Plessinger. I, I don't I don't know. I just don't see him truly battling for 17 rounds. Right battling Coop for a title, but I could be wrong there as well. Uh, Sexton and AC have that raw speed that you just can't you can't teach, right? You for just, sure, yeah. yeah. They, they actually yeah. Have it. Thanks for the call, man. Thank you, Justin. Uh, we also go to Levi has a, a Paul Webb question. I can't believe it's Paul Webb. Uh, Levi, what's up, man? You want to talk about Paul Webb? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to ask you guys, how do you see Paul doing these next two rounds? Do you think he goes out and tries to sweep him, or do you think he just takes it easy? What do you think, JB? You think he gets a win, or you think he's riding with the title in, in mind? Uh, I think he's racing <clears throat> just the 94. I, I think if if Ken is out front, I think Coop goes for him. Mm-hmm. But I think if Ken's in fifth and Cooper's in fourth, I think he just he just has to beat Ken, right? There's no reason to go go for broke and win the race. So I just think it's all circumstance of where those two guys are. His main focus is to just beat Ken and you know, both weekends or for sure this weekend. So I think if they're up front battling for the win, yeah, he could go for it. But if they're third or fourth or fourth or fifth, I don't see him taking the risk to go win the race. There you go. Thanks for the call, man. Yep. Thank you. I agree. I don't see him winning either race, right? I just see him taking it home however he's got to do it. You know, uh, you brought up Ken yeah, winning. You, yeah. you brought up Ken winning the the opener, or you know, or, or looking to win the opener and get this thing a little closer. I might go the other way, JB. But you're the expert. I might go the other way that this this Atlanta three thing was just crushing. It was going to be ten points, and we were looking good. And instead, it's sixteen, and he, he had the crash in the whoops, and Paul caught him and passed him. And I mean, look, I'm not going to question a world champion and a, and, a, and a race winner like Ken Roxon. I'm not going to question his dedication, but I almost see a, a deflation of sorts coming into these rounds. You don't see that, though. Yeah, I don't see that because on the flip side, like you say, Coop caught him. Well, he didn't really. Ken crashed, and I know that's part of the race, and I know he crashed in, in arguably the toughest section of the track, but I think Ken has to take home. He put, what, 12 seconds on him at one point, was mm-hmm. clearly the best guy. And if he just finishes that race out, we're we're talking a totally different story right now. Even if he – literally he could have jumped the whoops starting 
you know, the, the lap he crashed there. Yeah. If he just jumps the whoops then, he still wins the race. So I think you just have to take home, if you're Ken, I was so much better than these guys. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I crashed. He beat me because I crashed. That's the only way he beat me is because I was on the ground. Um, so I, I think you go in with a lot of confidence and knowing literally the only way he has a chance to win the title is if he wins this weekend. If he doesn't win this weekend, I just I don't see it happening. So I yeah, think he you needs... go in with the mindset of it, it's all or nothing. He has to get the job done, execute his starts again, and he was clearly the best guy, you know, less yeah. than seven days ago. Why can't he be the best guy this well, weekend? Well, the only thing is, I, you know, he picked his bike up. He was five seconds ahead of him. So that was still fine. Five seconds is fine, you know, and, and so that's the Yeah, part but his bike was pretty tweaked. His bars yep. were all bent up. And right. Um, so, yeah. But, no. yeah, you could go both sides. You can, right. If you're Ken, you have to go the side of you can't let it, it even creep in that you had a five-second lead and you let Coop catch you. You have to go with the mindset of I was so much better than him. I'll just be that much better than him this weekend. And so, I think you're right when the point I think is, as an athlete, you have to have that. You do. And you're right where it's he almost has to win because of that three-point gap. You know, he has to win this weekend because yeah. at least it'll be three. And hopefully, sure. you know, Tomac's in the middle there or somebody else, right, all the people you just talked about, and maybe he can get five back and get this thing to 11 or six. But You know what I mean? Something like that. That would be the game plan. Yeah, we talked about it. You know, if he could get it under 10 going into the last two, that would he would have a chance. Well, now mm-hmm. he has to get it under 10 going into the last race. Otherwise, it's so easily manageable for Coop at the last race. I mean – he can literally ride around right. and, and get top 10, right? Yep. So if he puts the pressure on him where he has to get a top five, if Ken wins the last one, then it starts to get a little stressful and dicey. Yeah. So he's got to get it under 10, period. Yeah. He, yep. No, you're right about that. Are you going to be doing uh, Race Day Live the, the second one too, or no? You're you're only out for one. No, just just the first one. So my wife is due early oh, next week yep. with our, our third child. So this one's even a little bit dicey, but I'm going to take a red-eye flight back <laughs> right after the race and – you got a red um, eye out of SLC yeah, to Charlotte? You got a red eye? Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Uh, okay, so the 250 East is starting back up. Nichols is up by, uh, what did I say he was up? Eight or six? What did I, what did I do? Uh, he's eight, up by eight. eight. Yeah, he's up by eight. Uh, obviously, the showdown is final round. Anything can happen with that one. But I do like Colt to, to bring this thing home, huh? Yeah, you know, it's interesting with those two because they're so evenly matched. Right. Like, I can't find any weakness in either one of them. They train together every day, so they can't really get one up on the other. Mm-hmm. They're on the exact same equipment. Mm-hmm. They're in the gym at the same times together. They're doing the exact same workouts. They both have great technique. They're both good starters. Like, the only thing I can think of is Christian might have a leg in the whoops, a leg up in the whoops. Yep. But that's it, honestly, man. Like, I don't know... And then who gets in between them? Maybe Jet. Yeah. I don't see Shimoda getting in between them. No. I think Jet's the only other guy that can really challenge him. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know. You know, Colt had some bad luck there last year. So, is that on his mind? Potentially, but that wasn't really even his fault. No. Nope. So, no. Nope. Yeah. yeah. I just don't see how, how Christian's going to make up eight points, you know, unless he can win the race this weekend. And, you know. Well. It goes into the last round at five or something, and then you get some other guys in between you with the with mm-hmm. the showdown. So it's interesting. It's going to be fun to watch. You you called it though with the with the web thing. Uh, Colt is racing Christian, and that's it, right? So no matter what, yeah. he's just playing off the twenty nine, and even in a showdown, he can look at the twenty nine and be like, okay, you know what I mean? Here I go, right? Like this is all I need to do, right? Right? Right in behind him or whatever. So 
Um, yeah, yeah, the only yeah. thing with the showdown is start, right? So yep. Christian's a really good starter, which Colt is as well. But I would, if I'm going to have to pick one who the better starter is, I would say Christian. Mm-hmm. So let's just say Christian wins this Saturday. It goes into the showdown at five points, and Christian whole shots the showdown, and Colt starts seventh. Yeah, there's a lot more guys that that Colt's going to have to pass. Oh yeah. So yeah, I mean, you throw in Hunter, you throw in McAdoo, you throw in Justin Cooper, you. You know, there's a, there is a lot of guys once the showdown starts that could get in between. So that's what I'm, you know, right. that's where it doesn't even matter if you're racing each other. If Christian's in the lead and Colt's seventh, you got to go. And yep. I just don't know if he can get all the way up and go through those guys. But for sure, if I would say of the best guys in the 250 class, I think Colt and Christian maybe, you know, you could throw Jed in there, but those two might be the best guys in the nation right now as far as best Supercross riders on a 250. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Justin Brayton on the Fly Racing Moto 60 Show. He is doing Race Day Live this weekend because the Race Day Live guy is going to be uh, he is going to be up in the booth. Let's bring him in real quick here before we end the show. It's Daniel Blair. What's up, DB? Yo, what's up, Steve? What's up, JB? This is a big moment. No, big, pr- hey, big time. JB, this is pressure on Daniel Blair. This has got to be right. Wow. <laughs> He can handle it, though. DB's, a, DB's just solid as a rock under pressure. Dude, play-by-play, play, Daniel Blair. This is a huge moment. Congrats. This is big. Thank you. Thank you. But I don't, I don't, see, I don't feel the pressure. It's the same gig I always do. I just get to sit down. I get to have Bondo in my ear more, and I get two monitors instead of one. That's the only change. You got to throw it to, like, the NHL playoffs and throw it to, like, you know, monster truck stuff. I mean, that's big-time, you know, ins and outs. For a, for a leg. Nah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna let y'all in on a secret because I learned it last week. Those are all written on cards. You just read that. So <laughs> it's not a big deal. <laughs> wow! Uh, and then JB taking your spot with Dan Hubbard there. That's, a, yeah. that's what I'm saying. That my pressure is falling up on what JB's about to do to race day live. Man, that's the real. Oh, pressure. he's gonna he's gonna wax the floor with you. I'm sorry, Daniel. He is. Yeah, it's, I mean, <laughs> he is. You know, we got a Daytona when they, when they ask. Yeah. They asked me if if I if they should have him on. I said absolutely not. The bar will be risen too high during the day. He's going to ruin everything. For me. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, yeah, Brayton. So you know, like, don't try to don't do too well because it, when Blair gets in, we're going to hear we're going to hear about it. Yeah, right. We we all know how good of a job Daniel does. So it's going to be awesome watching it. I, I can't wait to. Obviously, I'll be there live and and uh, have to wait to watch the coverage. Right. Until I get home, but uh, it's going to be cool. You know, cool seeing him up there, and yeah, arena cross guy, man. We all stick together. Oh, oh here we go. Yeah, yeah, arena right, cross guys. Right, right. right. <laughs> well, racers, racers. You know, Daniel, you guys are both racers, so you know it'll be fine. Exactly, exactly. Right. Bring hey those AX days, dude. I remember the old six one four on the Honda. That guy, he was good. That's he right. was good. Uh, That's uh, right, <laughs> Daniel. Are you uh, are you even practicing a little bit? Because yeah, play by play is something that you know something you're not used to. But how do you how do you get into that? How do you do it? Do, do, do how do you prep? Honestly, I know this sounds weird, but I haven't prepped at all. Um, I don't. Honestly, I, I think the best bet for me is to just go in and try to do the same thing I always do. Don't change up the routine. I mean, even right now, I'm I'm in my van making eagle grit deliveries right now, <laughs> and I'm taking my and I'm taking my kid to Riverfront to go riding tonight. And uh, so I'm I don't want to change up anything. Honestly, the roles are different, but I've done so many different roles that it, it's not it's not as complicated of a switch as you would think. You know, on Race Day Live, I've been the host, which is you get that feel for going in and out of commercials. So that part is okay. 
Um, I've been doing arena cross and enduro cross kind of in a play-by-play role. So I, I feel like I've done enough reps and everything where all this really is is a chance to sit down for three hours, call some racing. I mean, honestly, these riders on track deliver 99% of the action. So I'm just going to try to keep up and try to treat this as an opportunity to have fun. You know, I love the sport. You know that, Steve. And to have three hours to sit next to Ricky and call Supercross, Dude, I'm I'm just stoked. It's going to be fun, and I'm I'm keeping my focus on just how fun it's going to be, and I think we'll be okay. If you say red Honda, I'm going to be very angry. Uh, You know what? I might get in trouble afterwards, but I have made the decision ahead of time that I'm going to at least this week not – not drop a color. Okay. Uh, they can. They afterwards. I'll deal with it. But I'm. I will not drop a color on okay, this on right. this show. Thank I you. Promise. Thank you. I appreciate that. And don't start telling Ricky like, oh, Ricky. You know, I mean, I know. You know, they call you the goat. But you know, I have a regional arena cross lights title. And uh, you know, Ricky. I mean, we're champions up here. Like, don't start doing that. Well, that was actually on my list of things to make sure I did say. But for you, I will I will cross off the arena cross title as something to bring up. I, I'll 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 cross off the list. Okay. Well, big moment for Steve, you. Steve, do they yeah. introduce him as a as arena cross champion? You know, under Ricky, it's it's all of his right, right, right. Under Daniel Blair, is it is it uh, East Coast arena cross champ? Regional. Regional East Coast. Regional champ. Right. I don't know. <laughs> I would like to see that. I think that would be awesome. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I, I tell Ricky all the time. I tell him, I said, dude, it's it's a title that you couldn't get. You didn't have the skill set for it, man. I'm sorry. You just you right. didn't have what it takes to be an arena cross championship. <laughs> right. So right. Uh, he knows. Yeah. You know, it's funny. He actually went to a couple of them back a few years back, and he would ride practice with the guys. And there was multiple times when the A group was getting mad because he was in their way. And I'm like, dude, Ricky, get out of their way. They're trying to do fast laps. <laughs> so uh, he, dude, he just, he, JB, you know, he just, he couldn't hang in that environment. It was just too tight. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's JB right. was several <laughs> champs just could not hang. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. That's right. right. JB's going to write a book <laughs> one day on, on Hagseth and Antonez introducing him to arena cross oh. life. So it, it'll be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, Matt, Mad Mike Jones introduced me to Arena Cross. So. Right, right. You have the same. Oh, geez, that book will be better. Yeah. That book will be better than mine. <laughs> he, there's a there's a, there's a way that Mike Jones got his crown royal bags to cover his head when he did the radical jump, you know, stuff. So that there was yep. a, there was a yep. way he got that bag. Well, listen, D, uh, Daniel, I just want to get you jump on real quick. Uh, congratulations on it. I'll be watching it uh, obviously after the race and. Uh, Big moment, bud. So, yeah, good job. That's cool. Thanks, man. Super excited. And um, I, like I said, I, my approach is just have fun, dude. I, it's hard, obviously, right? Like, I'm excited. I've been working hard for a, a shot like this. But I'm just I'm treating it like an opportunity to sit in the chair with Ricky and for three hours do what I love most, which is talk about the sport that I love. And I feel if I just keep myself grounded and I keep myself focused on fun and and uh, and then being grateful, I think it'll go smooth. So yeah, no pressure. Just uh, right. Just gonna have some fun, man. And, and JB will knock your your uh, race day live coverage right out right out of the park with. Yeah, with JB, that. keep it keep it moderate, dude. Just keep it calm on there. Okay. <laughs> like, we don't, just, just, just remember, bring I, my B game. I'm not that just bring tall. Bring the B game. Yeah, I'm not that tall, dude. It's hard for me to get over the bar anyway. So let's keep this thing low. And, and uh, JB, uh, just bring up <laughs> Crew Jones or Rad to Dan Hubbard, and then you can take a break while he goes oh, on for thirty minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. hey, Jay, Jamie, if you want a break, just say, hey, Dan, what do you think of the movie Rad? And then just go take a 30-minute break. <laughs> He's got it. He's got it. Absolutely. Uh, nice. Thanks, thanks, Daniel. Good luck, man. I'll talk to you. Thanks, bro. See you. All right, see you.
Wow, that'll be good. I, good. Good job for Daniel Blair. That'll be interesting to watch. So that's cool, huh? Yeah, yeah. I'm excited for him. That'll and, be be fun to watch. Hey, and for you, like that's a three hour thing. What's race day live? That seems like it's a two hour thing. I think it's almost four hours, dude. Yeah, almost right. four hours. Yeah, that's 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 yeah. gonna be gnarly. So uh, that's awesome. Good yeah, job to keep it going to keep the conversations going. Right. You know what's cool is just like Daniel said, like it's what we love the most. Same as you, Steve. Like we can talk about it forever. We yeah. can sit here and talk about it for ne- the next four hours. <laughs> Pretty much just about the yeah. So yeah. it's really not that difficult, but um, it'll be fun. Yeah, grateful for the opportunity, and yeah, who knows? Awesome. Well, hey, thank you for the time today. Really appreciate it. Um, I'll let you know on Park City Mountain Biking. I will send you some shots of how that thing's going. <laughs> <All right>. so, <laughs> Are you packing your snowsuit? Uh, Do you have your snowsuit uh, with you? I don't want to talk about it. Um, <laughs> all right. Thanks for the time today on the show, JB. I'll see you in Salt cool. Lake. Thanks, Steve. See thanks. Ya. All right. That's Justin Brayton, everybody, on the Fly Racing Moto 60 show. Get Athena Maxis FMF Vision Pro Taper all on board with us. Thanks to those companies. Thank you, people, for listening. Kiss Legendary? Yeah, buddy. Great job over there. Good show today. Yeah, really yeah. fun. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate it. Next week, we will come to you from Salt Lake City for the final Moto 60 show of Supercross. Thanks, everybody. We're out of here.